Well, hi. Welcome to another episode of the Family Room Conversations. My name is Zach, and I'm so glad you're here to join us this week. If you missed us last week, we've started a new series within our Family Room Conversation time called Contradictions. In this series, we're going to take a look at alleged contradictions in Scripture where one verse seems to have some friction lining up with another verse. This week, the topic is prayer. We know from passages like Philippians 4.6 that God wants us to bring our request, to make our requests known to Him. And we also know from passages like Psalm 37.23 that our steps are already established by God, that He already knows them from eternity past all the way until eternity future. So what does that mean? Jesus specifically modeled in his prayer, telling us how to pray, that we should ask for God to give us, quote, our daily bread. But if God already knows that he's going to give it to us, or if he already knows that he's not going to give it to us, why should we pray? What's the purpose of that? So that's what we're discussing on this week's episode of the Family Room Conversations. So, wait, what did that mean? How can I really use that? So what does that mean? Yeah, I'm just trying to understand. But how do I do that every day? Can you just help me understand? So what does that even mean? Well, hi again. Welcome to this week's episode of the Family Room Conversations. Hey, Gary. Hey, Zach. Great to be with you again. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Happy New Week. Yeah. Um, September. Right. Yeah, we're into fall, into it fall. seems. fall, almost. Yes, sir. Um, so we have another uh, question, another uh, alleged contradiction that's come go. to our um, our new series in the Family Room Conversations this week. And this one, um, in the conversation I was having that that bore a lot of these, one of the things I noticed with the people I was talking to, and this came from one of those, um, from that conversation, this, this topic this week, okay. um, one of the things I noticed is that a lot of people didn't so much have, there certainly were... Um, contradictions people notice between this scripture and this scripture. Sure. But sure. a lot of them were, I, I see a contradiction between this scripture and this thing that I just know about God. Okay. Right. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but this is kind of sure. one of those examples. And this, the topic of this week was, uh, why should I pray or how should, what's the worth of praying if God knows all and the future is already set and he's already seen all of it. Mm -hmm. Earlier, Mark 11, 24, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And we see uh, later in Philippians that same thing. Be anxious about nothing, but bring everything in prayer to the Lord. Make your right. request known to him. There's, there's certainly the imperative to pray. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly other verses that support God seeing the future and knowing the future. Sure. Um, but how do those things fit together? That's kind of the, the topic of the week. Yeah, sure. Well, I think you have to start with um, unpacking just a little bit about what you said. So, you know, how do you harmonize prayer with the fact God knows all things and has set things in motion and things like that is, you know, our understanding of all-knowing and God being all-knowing are often different because He's infinite and, and we're finite in our understanding. So to fully grasp that... I think is beyond our understanding. Is in the words of, like First Corinthians chapter thirteen says, "I know in part." Like looking in an ancient mirror, like a piece of right. crumpled up aluminum foil on the shiny side, it's a bad image. So, um, I think we have to understand as much as we're going to answer the question. Part of it's going to be mysteriously leaving some of the question unanswered mm. that we won't fully understand. Yeah. So, you know, and so you know, so if we're talking about prayer, we have to define prayer. And I would just say prayer is like a heartfelt, verbal uh, dependence upon the Lord. Mm. Thus the words, you know, Jesus taught us how to pray, our Father in heaven. So, um, so I think as we begin that process of praying, you know, we got to throw, Jesus said, hey, your heavenly Father already knows what you're going to ask before you ask him. 
And so that eliminates manipulation, guilt, saying a bunch of Hail Marys or whatever mm-hmm. that'll make God have to answer our prayers. Because again, it's, it's, it's a communication between a child of God and the Heavenly Father through the Son who's at the right hand. And we have access because of the Spirit living in us. It's a Trinitarian yeah. accessibility. Maybe yeah. a good way to describe it. I, I liked your big words there. Yeah. Um, so I get I, one of the important things that you're saying is that prayer is um, recognizing our dependency on God. Exactly. Right? It's verbalizing that. <clears throat> and that's a huge part. That's something that fits in line with my understanding of God is he wants me to do those things. Sure. Um, to use my situation to get myself closer to him. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I hear talked about is, um, you know, if God's going to do what He wants to do, then my purpose is to make those my wants as well, right? The uh, the Christian hedonism idea: do whatever you want, as long as what you want is what God wants. Right, immersing and, yourself in Him so that the the desires of your heart are really His desires mm-hmm. per se. Yeah, sure. Right. Um, so I'm, I like that you've hit on that. But the next thing I want to kind of in establishing our terms here is uh, what does it mean that God is omniscient? What does it mean that He's all knowing? We have a couple things that talk about how um, things from Isaiah forty six eight through ten. I'll put that on the screen somewhere. Um, or Psalm thirty seven twenty three. The steps of man are established by the Lord when He delights in His ways. So we see that God has established the steps of man. We know that things that are going to happen are already seen by the Lord. Mm-hmm. So what does that what does that mean? Well, all knowing would again, like I said, um, <clears throat> it'd be like you and I trying to cram the entire Pacific Ocean in an orange shot glass. I mean, that's mm-hmm. impossible. Um, and so. As much as we understand it, we don't. We just know God knows all things. God has no past, no present, no future. He's just in a perpetual state of present tense and has always been that way. Um, And so our understanding of that is really hard. And then you add to the component that our decision-making does make a difference, thus the tree that God put in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2. So that even more complicates it. So I would just say... Acknowledging that God is God means I acknowledge He knows it all. Acknowledging that I'm not God lets me understand I don't even understand how He knows it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are books written on it, and at the end of the day, you just kind of agree that we still don't fully grasp what all that means. Right. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the way Jesus started the, the, the model prayer, it was our Father, meaning that as I'm bringing my request to God, I have to acknowledge He's also your Father mm-hmm. and many others. So He might say no to my prayer request, but He says no to mine to say yes to yours. Um, and then the other part is He's in heaven, so we're not. So He sees everything we're asking in a whole different way than um, I do. You know, it's like if you've ever flown, you're up at 43,000 feet in the sky, you're flying over Manhattan, and it looks very different than if you're down on the streets of New York. Mm -hmm. Just mainly because why? You're in the heaven, per se. It gives you... And so, you know, um, so I think that all-knowingness, too, (laughs) is fed also by God's perspective is, you know, he's seeing it from a heavenly perspective where ours is is earthly and limited, yes. So I want to zoom in on something, and maybe we have to use the, the, what you just talked about as kind of a... Uh, a forewarning that we may not be able to grasp all of this topic. Sure. Um, and I say that knowing we can't grasp all of this topic, but let, let's zoom in on the he's ordered our steps yeah. language um, from one of the verses I read earlier. Um, what what does that mean, that, that God has ordered our steps? What do you How do you interpret that? Well, uh, you know, over in Galatians 5, uh, and if, I think it's Galatians 5, Paul, Paul talks about, um, you know, being in step with the Spirit. And so um, there's an invitation to be a disciple, 
and a journey with the Lord. If we choose our own path, which there are many examples in the Bible of people going on detours, you know, God's there to order our steps to bring us back. At the same time, the weird thing is, though God invites us to a journey, He already knows the steps we're going to take anyway. He knows whether we're going to say yes or no, you know, before we even know the question He's inviting us to. Um, so, yeah, so I would just say the ordering of the steps is, Lord, order my steps and I'll be your disciple, thus following in step or in sync with you is the invitation he gives. Right. So there's a degree of kind of specificity or non-specificity to it, if, if I'm hearing you right. Right, right. That there's a difference between, he's ordered my steps, and so I'm going to eat a specific type of sandwich tonight, and God has preordained that from the beginning of time. Right. Versus God used Jesus to model the life. You know, there's a degree, and it's, it's probably somewhere in the middle there, yeah? Well, and the goal, I mean, I you know, People debate about, hey, you're going to get cheese on your spinach sandwich tonight or not. But God may leverage that moment for you to have a conversation with the person at the cheese shop at Publix about a difficult time they're going through in their life. So getting that cheese to add to your sandwich was perhaps more life-changing than you thought because it led you to have an encounter with a guy going through a tough time. Right. So So, uh, knowing that there's some degree... And I think this is kind of the the big question of our of our podcast here. Um, knowing that there's some degree to which God knows all the things that I'm going to do, what is the purpose of me asking for that to be any different in prayer? Well, I would say, you know, um, over in what, I think it's Second Corinthians chapter twelve, Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh, and he says, "I begged God three times, take it away from me," and God said, "No." My grace is sufficient for you. And so out of that, I think the the, the, the first parts of prayer are confessionally more about us. Um, as we're bringing to God our concerns, our frustrations, our needs, our anxieties, whatever they might be. And uh, we just keep bringing them to the Lord till I think ultimately He either answers our prayers or changes our prayers. Mm. You know, like if you remember the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if possible, may this cup pass from me. Nevertheless... Your will be done. So it moved from, you know, a prayer where Jesus was praying A to, and now it kind of changed to be an answer more B, which was the cross. Yeah, I know. And I I don't want to, you know, step on maybe my wife's story here, but she has a great story like that about an anxiety disorder that she's had. Um, And she, in the first couple of years of dealing with that, she was always praying, God, take this anxiety disorder away from me. And she noticed that she had the most healing when she started praying instead. I love this part. Instead, asking God, use this anxiety disorder with me so that I can be who you want me to be to the people you place me right, around. Right, right. And, uh, and she's had so many opportunities to do that. She's become so relatable to a lot of people in some really important ways, um, and I really admire you for that. Um, but I, um, I I get where you're going with mm-hmm. that. The, it, I, I like the way you said it. Um, God change, answers your prayers or changes them. Right, right, right. And, and and again, that would put us in the discipleship model where, hey, God, here's what I'm wanting. And then God says, okay, I'm going to take you on the journey of discipleship where you're following me, where instead of giving you the request, I'm going to change the request mm-hmm. you're making. Because then God's like, obviously, you know something I don't, God, so I'm going to defer to your leadership. And as I follow him, like you said with your wife, impacting more lives than if God would have taken it away. Right. Sure. I like that. So uh, to kind of wrap up, we always wrap up with our practical application, right? What should we pray for? 
Well, I love uh, one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible is Romans 8. And it talks about being a child of God, the Spirit of God living inside of us. And, and towards verses 24, 25, 26, 27, somewhere in there, it just talks about how the Spirit... Um, leads us in prayer, and we don't know how to pray. The Spirit's interceding for us. I, I think the prayer is goes back to our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Mm-hmm. God, as I start praying, my agenda for prayer needs to be your agenda. So, yeah. Lord, what is your agenda for prayer? And I'll pray accordingly. Yeah. Yes. I love that that's the first part is always moving your intention to worship first. Sure. And not sure. In, in necessarily in the musical way, but, but in the... First, we're going to admit that God is holy and I am not, and mm-hmm. I am participating in his holiness. Um, and then, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That's kind of the stuff we're talking about, you know, where we ask God to do something differently in my personal life that um, I'm not maybe anticipating it, it happening, and I want God to change it, or, or do I want that bread that I don't know that I'm going to get. In the uh, context of what you said, of his kingdom... And his will. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be about him and his agenda for my life. Right. And then, you know, so as I begin asking the other things coming to mind, I put them in the context of the big pictures of who he is, where he is, and his agenda, his plan. And all of a sudden, um, I become more dependent upon him even in prayer, which is where God wants me to be. Right. Where my desires ultimately are his desires as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really, I love that. I'm challenged to pray differently, and I hope you guys are challenged to pray yeah. differently as well, that you've learned something during this time. Um, if you have uh, something that you want us to bring up, another thing, topic to talk about in another episode, or an, an alleged contradiction that we can use in this this series, mini-series, I guess, um, send it to us. Leave us a comment or send us a note to any of the addresses that you can see in the description below. Um, and in the meantime, Gary, will you pray for us in, in that way? Father, we are thankful for prayer, and uh, we're thankful that it's a wonderful communication that we experience between ourselves and you. And God, it's also a dialogue. It's times when you speak back through your word, through your spirit who lives in us, maybe even through the lives of others who speak to us. And Lord, we look forward to the day when we get to see you face to face, how awesome that will be. And so Lord, between now and then, may we be known as being mighty in prayer as a dependency upon you. In your son's name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And pray a lot. Take care. (laughs) 